Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Welcome to another episode of the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast. We've got Vicky back with us this time round. Um, and obviously Ellie is here as always. We are going to be talking about goal setting today, specifically the relevance of a goal setting format called SMART goals, which a lot of you will probably be familiar with in one way or another. We figured starting 2021, it's probably goal setting season for most people, having done a bit of an end of year review and and kind of moving into 2021 with maybe a different outlook than you moved into 2020. So we thought we'd have a little bit of a discussion about that and, and how Vicky approaches it and, and how Ellie and I approach it. Um, we'll kick off with some Q&A just to get the conversation flowing and to give you guys a little bit more of an insight into who Vicky and Ellie are. So, ladies, first question. Vicky, most recent TV show you've watched? Oh, The Queen's Gambit. Oh, that is strong. So good. And oh, sorry, I've got two. The Serpent, amazing. <laughs> um, I downloaded a chess app and I've been rigorously playing for about a month after watching The Queen's Gambit. Um, I wonder how many other million people have done that since watching that program. <laughs> chess apps are celebrating right now. I know. I've also had a, a chess set in my Amazon basket for about three weeks that I haven't pulled the pin on yet, but I get a little bit obsessive. But yeah, such a good TV show. Good show. Ellie? Um, Scandal. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I actually had a bit of a scandal marathon session on Saturday, um, which was felt very indulgent, but it's very nice. It's a good, it's good, and if you like binge watching, it's even better because there's six series currently. So, nice. what binge-able. platform is it available on? Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. Um, Vicky, the book you are reading right now. Uh, I have so many books that I'm reading right now. Favourite. <laughs> um, so let me actually just get the name of it because this is a bit geeky. Um, <laughs> I'm reading, or I've just um, got the book called, it's called Manifesto, um, and it's by Dale Vince, OBE. Um, and he's the founder of Ecotricity. Okay. Uh, so it's nothing to do with nutrition. It's, it's a very like hardcore book, but um, yeah. So it's how um, basically he took on as an entrepreneur British energy um, to make it sustainable. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, clean energy is something that I I find fascinating. Uh, so yeah, that was my that's like my big read for this. Yeah. All right, nice, Ellie. Um, uh, I've got about four books I was given at Christmas, and I haven't actually managed to start any of them um the usual dipping in and out of um raw by dr stacy sims which <laughs> was recommended by vicky um and i'm funnily enough i picked up after the podcast last week other than that i'm actually <laughs> i not before we went into lockdown i promised myself i was going to do a french pastry course and obviously can't do it so i've decided to educate myself at home so what i'm currently reading is actually in essence a recipe book on french pastry techniques which Love is a bit that. random and a bit weird. But. <laughs> cool. Um, Favourite breakfast, Vicky? 
Oh, I love breakfast. It's my one of my favourite meals of the day. Um, oh, it's very much dependent on where I am. So my favourite breakfast setting would probably be um, after an amazing surf, eating a beautiful, like, smoothie bowl or granola bowl um, with an incredible coffee. That would be my dream breakfast, I think. That sounds pretty special. Nice. Um, maybe... maybe... I'm going to throw in an ad hoc question. Favourite place to surf? Oh, so, so, so many places. Um, so when, when you said that, I was thinking Sri Lanka or South Africa. Um, but England has some very nice places as well. I'm a big fan of Bude, of Croyd. Um, my husband works for The Wave, so I should probably <laughs> hit them up as well. Um, yes, but I think... Wicked. Sri Lanka would be the dream right there, right yeah. now. Um, Ellie, favourite breakfast? Um, like Vicky, I really struggle with this because brunch is one of my is my favourite meal of the day um, for lots of reasons. Uh, but I think my, I'm going to go with my favourite go to, which is um, pancakes mm. with bacon and maple syrup. There's just something about that combination that I would eat that any time of day, anywhere from any menu. Nice. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, <laughs> cool. Final question. Vicky, the goal that you are working on right now that you are most excited about achieving? Um, well, it's not actually a very exciting <laughs> goal. <laughs> um, so I'm actually doing um, quite a lot of testing myself from a point of view of um removing uh sort of things that i'm intolerant to so i'm currently testing gluten and although this is not very exciting um it has absolutely changed my life <laughs> um which is one of the reasons i think it kind of like teed me up to suggesting this um so yeah i finally having put it off for absolutely ages um after having a baby have cut gluten out for January um, and I have put that into smart goals um, and it is yeah I just feel like a different person so uh, that's what's exciting about it. Cool okay thank you. Ellie? Um, I mean this podcast is going to be quite useful because I'm very familiar with smart goals but I am notoriously bad at setting myself smart goals um, so talk, talk, don't necessarily walk the walk. Uh, I've got a couple. One is about trying to create a better morning routine. It's quite tricky for me because my days vary a lot. Um, having said that, I am in control of what I do with my time and how I manage my diary. So I want to get a better morning routine in. Um, and the other one for me is the first lockdown my nutrition it was relatively healthy but I spent a lot of time rummaging around in the cupboards and the fridge and and I was still able to train and stuff but I ended up coming out of lockdown feeling a bit rubbish I guess so I've decided to use the next eight twelve weeks have we're in long we're in lockdown to see just how much I can change my body composition through diet now we know that through diet it, like your body composition is essentially 70 percent nutrition and 30 percent training yeah. um 
So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm a bit like Vicky, but on a different level because I'm intolerant to all sorts of things and they're already out of my diet. Um, yeah, I'm gonna see what I can do with my body composition um, just by having a play around with my nutrition. Nice. Right. But it needs to be smarter than that. <laughs> so, and that's why we're doing this. Project, <laughs> I'm going to set a smarter goal. <laughs> you might be a useful subject for a bit of a live work through shortly. 100%. Um, cool. All right. Thanks, team. So, goal setting. Why do we goal set? How do we goal set? How do we keep ourselves accountable? How do we measure it? A couple of the things that we're going to be covering this morning. So, let's jump straight in. Vicky, we've thrown the term SMART goals around a little bit this morning. What are SMART goals? Okay, so there's, there are loads of ways of goal setting. So this is just one way that I, I think is really good. Um, so a SMART goal is actually an acronym and it stands for um, specific, measurable, um, agreed and realistic and time scales. And what it allows you to do is to break down a way in which you set a goal and provide a structure to it um, that makes, should, or essentially makes it more achievable as opposed to just plucking um, a goal out of the air, which I think is quite easy to do, especially, with, you know, we, at the beginning of the year, we often uh, set or give ourselves New Year's resolutions and they can be quite vague. So for example, I'd like to lose some weight or I'd like to get fitter or I'd like to be healthier or I'd like to achieve more. Or, but if we just have these sort of vague ideas of what we do and we don't provide any structures for them, uh, it makes it very difficult to achieve them um, Essentially, we need to quantify things a little bit more. Um, and that's what this does. Nice. Yeah. It, so it, it's, I think most people, <laughs> they realize it, have goals, yeah. big, small, anywhere in between. And, and I think starting off with something like, I want to be a bit fitter or I want to eat better is, is, is an okay place to start. And then, and, you know, as, as you've quite nicely summarized, I think this is the thing that, gives that slightly broader statement it's, it's almost what drills it down targets your focus targets your energy and, and provides a framework to achieving that slightly broader goal um i so, so we haven't necessarily kind of run this through before hitting go and that's why i really value these the, the conversations that we have and, and hopefully where the value comes from so i my understanding of smart goals is, is slightly different to yours in that um smart for me is specific measurable attainable relevant and time bound and i know yours is um what was what was your yours was agreed agreed realistic yeah. did you just want to partly for me and partly for people listening because the, the other thing that i really like about the smart framework as you've said it's it's one way of goal setting amongst many and, and it's one that i really align with as well um for some people, they might not have experienced it before. For, I think, specific, measurable, and time-bound, we'll, we'll cover in a little bit more detail shortly, but I think they're fairly self-explanatory. Do you want to just talk us through what you mean with agreed and realistic for us? Yeah, so, um, the, so the agreed side, it can have two, two sides of it as well, and I use them sort of 
interchangeably and multifaceted with a multifaceted approach um but it can be um so have you for example if if you are setting or you you're making it part of a program or um part of a stage approach to a goal um is every part of that that agreed so and can every stage of it be realistic so um it's ensuring that what you are looking to achieve and the structure you are putting to that um is well as you're saying james attainable um in every in every part so um and that can be as little as having an actual starting point to work from um through to making sure you meet uh yes specific um sort of goals within your overall goal um and then yeah realistic are they are they achievable are they attainable um you, can you realistically get to each um stage of of the goals that you're that you're looking to achieve nice yeah cool so essentially a, a, the same yeah i guess the same in terms of process and framework um just quite nicely maybe adapted um because I, I guess the, the nice thing for me about smart goals is they will look slightly different for everybody and everybody will interpret each you know each element of a smart goal slightly differently but that's in theory what makes them work as well as they do for a lot of people Absolutely. Um, why why do we why do we goal set and why do we use smart goals for, for you what's the relevance of putting a goal through the smart goal framework i think for me it's it's about providing structure um and to provide accountability whether that's uh, to someone else or to yourself um and being able to almost have um a, a tick list and i think that makes things more attainable um so if we haven't got any structure we don't actually know where we're going with something so being able to have those focuses um and like you said james about sort of targets i think that can provide like allow us to be more successful uh, and to sort of celebrate our successes and motivate us to go the full hog to get to to the more um maybe what we consider a little bit less achievable or a, a bigger a bigger goal uh, it will allow us to get there by chipping away at it wicked all right thanks um l what sort of part does kind of the smart framework play for you so with with the things be it training related or nutrition related what parts do you add or gain the most importance from in terms of the the kind of smart framework what what for you of smart helps you achieve your goals the the, the most effectively um i think it varies a little bit depending on what the goals are if it's if it's work related um certainly working um i mean with, with a whole team of coaches but specifically having three of us that run the business being specific is really important because unless you're very specific it, it, 
it's amazing how easy it is to interpretation something that you think is really simple and straightforward and two other people interpret it slightly different and, and not incorrectly, just differently. So specific is really important. And I think also the, the kind of the timing bit, um, because again, with when you're, when you're running a business, time is, time is of the essence when you're looking at trying to get things in. A lot of what we do is, is, is actually driven by time anyway. So we use the SMART framework, albeit not necessarily um, intentionally all the time, um, but, but we're led by time. So I think we probably almost work backwards in some respects as to, okay, so if this is our time frame, what can we achieve in that time? And then is that SMART? Is it measurable? Is it all those other sorts of things? Um, I think on a personal level, I kind of start with the achievable because I'm like you, James. I Historically, I've always, the A in SMART has always been achievable, attainable as opposed to agreed. Um, and particularly when it's with myself, um, I've agreed to do it. So I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. Um, but yeah, achievable is probably where I have to start because I often have grand ideas of, I can be quite all or nothing with most things in my life. Um, so if lockdown's a perfect example, I'm going to dial in my nutrition, I'm going to train loads, I'm going to sleep loads, I'm going to get a great routine, I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. And then because none of it has been particularly smart, I get to the end of lockdown and go, well, I'm just as tired as I was and I didn't really do anything with my nutrition and I didn't actually train as much as I thought I would. And yeah. so, yeah, the achievable bit for me is, okay, so what, what do I want to achieve and is that possible? And then how do I kind of make that happen by adding in specific measurable and, and kind of the, the time related stuff? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the, a lot of the time when I, I talk to people in, in work or, you know, outside of work or whatever about goal setting, I think if they haven't been intentional about using SMART, actually most people automatically, as, as you've just touched on, Elle, I think a lot of people's goals have elements of it being a SMART goal already. I think some people will lean specifically on, you know, they've got a goal and they know how they're going to measure it or they know what time frame they want to complete it in or they might have made sure that it's realistic and it's super specific but maybe haven't given it a time frame. And I think the more the more you can complete the entire framework of SMART, the more successful the goal will be. Um, what part, as a, as a follow-up to that question then, Al, what part of the SMART framework do you kind of naturally or organically struggle with the most? What's the most difficult part of a SMART goal for you? Um, that's a really good question. Specific, measurable, achievable. Um, probably realistic in that I even even now even even five years into doing this um when i'm planning my week i'm still notoriously bad at thinking that i will get things done in less time than they actually take and some of that is because i like to be busy and i like to get things done but also because i don't i'm not very good at foreseeing potential bumps in the road or where things might slow me down. I'm just like, right, if putting a post up on Instagram takes 10 minutes, I only need to budget 15 minutes. And the reality is 
I probably need to budget half an hour because by the time I've located the photograph, thought about what I want to say, made sure it's meaningful and relevant and actually kind of delivers the message that we want, um, set it up on it and all the rest of it, it actually takes longer than 10 minutes. So probably the, the realistic, so R in smart is where I struggle most because I massively underestimate the time frame element of a lot of things. Nick, do you find there's there's a, a common theme with the the elements of a smart goal that people struggle with, or do you think it varies person to person? Because you do a lot of goal setting work with people, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it does it does vary, um, but I think also yeah, like Ellie's saying, it is um, that sort of a, attainable, agreed, uh, and realistic element that does tend to um, sort of be the the, the main sort of factor that can often um, stand out. And I think partly that is because like you'd said, James, is often, you know, we do have things di that dictate our goals. So for example, I don't know, wanting to qualify for an event, for example, that that gives us, you know, a goal and that then would give us, you know, a time frame because you need to do it by a certain time, but it's the padding out the other areas um, and almost trying to do too much. So I think for me, one of the actual, the biggest things about putting these goals into place is it almost gets us to yeah, hone down uh, and reduce what we're trying to do. Because when we, especially with our goals, we tend to try and be superhuman <laughs> uh, and just have everything. And if we can yeah, narrow them down and, and yeah, target our approach. Actually, that makes things much more achievable, much more realistic, um, because we're we're just honing down on the things that matter, um, and it just gives us much more focus as opposed to just trying to get everything done um, and not being able to yeah specifically tick things off and be like, right, I've done this at this point. That is going to put me on in a good tread for you know my next step as opposed to right okay i'm going to run 5k by march right let's get on with it let's do 5k straight away um completely you know blow out my muscles blow out my calf muscles and not be able to do anything for the rest of the month so um yeah that agreed and realistic and then honing down yeah it's an interesting point because it's it's often it, there's a, it almost feels counterproductive sometimes when you when you pick a a big grand overarching goal and then realize after doing some drill down and figuring out what you need to do to achieve it that the stuff you need to do to achieve it is so minor that it almost feels like you're making no progress so you know running a six minute mile or deadlifting 250 kilos or you know completing your first marathon they're all you know, you get a dopamine hit just thinking about doing that sort of thing and deciding that you're going to start. But actually, when you then realise that to run a six-minute mile or to, to, you know, hit a new heavy deadlift, actually the stuff you need to do daily, it's all about those, like, small 1% efforts that over a realistic, you know, amount of time and a, and a a sensible time frame will add up to help you achieve the goal it's you know go, me going and trying to pr my deadlift every single day 
isn't going to suddenly, you know, in three weeks' time, I'm not going to suddenly be able to lift something that I couldn't tomorrow. It's it's the the dialing things back, putting in a plan, chipping away at it, working your Absolutely. way the ladder. Yeah, that dialing back as well makes yeah so so much of a difference. Those little tiny incremental steps that you've you've said um, that can be the the game changer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of, we've talked a little bit in and out of, of the last couple of minutes about time scale. What, how do you work with time scales a bit? What sort of time scales are best? How do you, at what point do you check in on things? At what point do you run things off? How, how does that all look for you? So from my point of view, especially where I'm working with clients, um, it, it very much depends on, on what the, the SMART goal is. Um, but I do often have um, clients coming to me with very specific goals anyway. So be that um, wanting to yeah, qualify for an event is quite a common um, goal um, or to be able to um, lose weight can be often um, a goal so that they can achieve something else. Um, so very often they've already got um, an overall time scale that they want to meet. And for us, it's then about breaking that down even more. So, you know, if, if someone is looking to um, uh, qualify for an event in sort of May, June, it's about breaking the goal or, or getting to that place and breaking that down into even shorter term. And then I think often once they've given me that time scale, it's very much about looking at, right, how, how can we make this realistic as opposed to, is it realistic? It's how, what do we need to do to make this achievable? Um, what can we do in the short term to, to yeah, make it attainable, make it realistic? And then after you've done it, what's going to be that yeah, long-term um, time scale um, moving you forward so that you don't just go back to square one. So, you know, if it's someone trying to qualify for a, a race, for example, I often work with endurance athletes. It's, you know, what other races are they looking to? What's the bigger picture? Um, and what would the time scale be for that, for example? Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much based on on what their goal is initially with regards cool. to time scales. I, do, you, um, do you find that different types of goals require a different cadence for checking in as well? A hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, why the other, going back to the agreed and realistic, the other reason I keep that as multifaceted is, is if there is a time and a place for accountability. So whether you're being accountable to yourself, whether you're being accountable to a coach, um, a therapist, uh, that allows you to to dictate when you're going to sort of check in um, so that those smaller time time scales really make a big difference but I think um, especially um, this often comes up with with people who, uh, with weight loss or uh, anthropometric so trying to body fat uh, reduction um, it's very easy to try and get to where you're going too quickly um, and one, of, one way I often see people trying to do this is stepping on scales all the time. And I think that can be counterintuitive. Mm. 
Um, so I think having uh, those time scales of, okay, if we're going to do when the times we are going to measure to make sure you're hitting um, those goals by the specific time scales, um, we're actually going to reduce how we like how we do that. So you are going if, if we're going to do a, a measurement, let's do it every two weeks as opposed to every week or as opposed to every day um, and that will actually help you to get to your goal because you're not constantly thinking about it yeah that's actually really interesting that you you've you've talked about it in that way because i think a lot of people would just assume if they've got a goal actually the, the more frequently they can be held accountable to that goal and the more they can check in the better but actually as, as you've just shared that's probably not always the case um, maybe as a little bit of an, of an analogy, I'll, I'll liken it to um, investing, you know, financial goals. I, I know we're talking about a lot, of, a lot of this from the angle of health and fitness, but actually a financial goal and, and the goal of, you know, growing like an investment portfolio or a savings portfolio, actually you wouldn't, you wouldn't be encouraged and you wouldn't want to go and check the stock price of the shares that you're invested in, you know, four or five times a day because you're, what you're getting is a representation of the last 30 minutes, which in 30 minutes time could look very different and the following day could look very different. You know, you like, like, a, uh, like the stock market almost, you know, you, people can view their health as a, as a long-term investment and it will fluctuate, it will go up and down and it will crash at points and it will be flying high at other points. But actually, if you look at the kind of big grand trajectory of where you want it to head and where it's heading, you know, checking in on a much less frequent cadence actually is probably more sensible because it makes it a lot easier to manage. It means you're not as emotional about it. Um, so actually it's a really good point. And that's an amazing analogy. I love that investment analogy. <laughs> do, you, do, do you, cause I think this is, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes total sense. I think where, if we're talking about this in more like health and fitness goals, do you find that SMART goals within SMART goals are helpful? So if someone's ultimate goal is to lose 10% body fat over two months or whatever it might be, that's, you can make that really SMART. But I think if you're, if you're somebody who thrives off results or you like to know where you are or you want to know that the effort that's going in from a nutrition and a training perspective is is paying off, do you find that having... Because you're probably only realistically going to want to measure your body fat. I mean, once every couple of weeks, if you're female, probably only once a month at the same time of the month every month for reasons we discussed last week. So, But that can feel like a that can feel like a really long time. And I think sometimes if you're working towards goals which have a longer fruition time, that if you're not checking in regularly with other things, it can, it can mean you kind of deviate or you lose interest or you lose momentum with whatever it is you're looking to achieve. So you might not want to let, I mean, let's take weight because it's a super easy, relatable goal. If somebody wanted to lose three kilos and they're not going to weigh more than, I don't know, once a month, for instance, would there be other 
like measurables that you would put in there, which would mean that you've got the accountability piece, you've got a lot of the other things that go into smart goal setting, but you're not necessarily measuring your ultimate goal all the time. You're measuring smaller goals. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, especially if we're going talking about weight but obviously let's let's talk about you know all things I think it very much depends on 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 the goal setter as a what they or you as as a character um and what drives you what motivates you so at the end of the day you know part of the reason for doing smart smart goal setting is it, it provides us with a motivational tool so if you are someone who is is yeah looking to let's continue with your analogy um, of, of weight loss, lose weight, but it's a quite a sensitive thing. Actually, you're going to want to, to, to look at checking in on something like weight less, but can you find a, a way of measuring um, on the short term that is going to motivate you? So could that be, you know, as simple as, well, for, I often do um, um, something called MIMOP my, my setting. So it's a, a medical um, uh, sort of scale, which is how you feel from, from zero to six, but zero being bad and six being good. Um, so just a scale of, of fact of how you feel can be one way of doing it, or it could be as simple as, you know, do my clothes feel like they fit better or you could go down there doing a waist measurement um but it with weight can be quite a sensitive subject so that's it definitely has to be driven by by the person um but on the other side if it if it's you know aiming for getting a time being able to yeah hit qualifying time um you know there are so many tools out there for 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 measuring um yeah using um, all of these different programs we've got out there as well. So smartwatches have uh, are so useful, you know, our Garmin's, our Apple watches, um, they can be really good tools for, for checking in. Um, so yeah, there, there's so many different ways. And I think it is very specific to the individual. How about you guys? Have you found any things you prefer? Yeah, so I, my my next question actually to, to you guys was going to be, <clears throat> how do you actually go about measuring your goals? Because I know, you know, people will find different value in different things. So, work for me, work specific stuff and anything kind of behavioural development, I journal, um, and use a series of kind of tags to tag different entries in the journal so that um each month i can go back and and be quite specific about checking in on on certain things um health wise training and nutrition wise i use my apple watch plays a large part for me because it takes a lot of the conscious kind of decision making and tracking out of the equation because it's tracking for me Yes, there's some input that I have to have. So for instance, if it's nutrition related, um, one of the things I'm doing at the moment is making sure that every single day um, I'm not in a calorie deficit. I, 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 a big problem for me actually is, is at the moment and kind of historically is I don't eat enough. 
So actually tracking, making sure that I'm not in a calorie deficit. There's a bit of input I have to have into my fitness pal, but that feeds into Apple Health, which reads exercise activity from my watch, takes my, um, just kind of my, uh, my active energy and just my, you know, the energy that I burn just simply existing, walking around, being alive, my needs, et cetera, um, creates an overall calorie burn for me looks at my fitness pal to see what I've taken in and creates the deficit. So actually my watch takes a lot of the automatic tracking for me, tracks all my sleep, tells me how much deep sleep I'm getting, tracks my resting heart rate. So a lot of my fitness and health related goals, there's very little input I have to have because I've got something that kind of takes care of that for me. So I, I lean naturally on tech quite a bit and then the other thing that I find huge value in is having somebody or either somebody specific or a group of people that are aware of what I'm working on and are holding me accountable as well because the moment you go out there and say to somebody this is a goal I have these are the things I'm going to do to achieve that goal and this is when that goal is going to come to fruition or these are the points in which I need to be at certain stages of this goal. The moment you've said it out loud to somebody else, even if they don't necessarily hold you accountable, knowing that they know is sometimes enough. Like if I said to you by this time next week, I'm going to have done this thing and then it reaches that time next week and I haven't done it. Even if you said nothing, I kind of know that I committed to doing this thing by this time to you and that you know I haven't done it. So I think having that almost almost pressure, it probably shouldn't necessarily feel like pressure, but having that level of, of pressure and that level of accountability, even with no active participation from the other person, I think for a lot of people is enough. Even better if that other person is checking in with you, finding out how things are going and actually calling you out on not doing it as well. So I think, you know, accountability with other people is, is a big one as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's something about being accountable to someone else that cements our goals. It makes it real. Um, and that's a huge thing. And I think also the other thing you said, James, about um, using all of the um, technologies we now have to record things what I actually found really useful about those is actually, although, you know, for some people, um, you know, I've, I've spoken a little bit about how it can be quite sensitive doing a lot of these things is actually sometimes you can, what I find really useful with clients, um, specifically with health goals, um, is them actually just handing over control. Um, so there's so many way, ways in which I can now tap into all of these technologies so that I'm looking at them, but they can just get on with their lives. So all that they need to do is, is focus on the yeah, specific like targets that we've set. Um, and the rest of it is, is over to me. So that actually when we are looking at those, um, those time scales or those check-in points, those are the only actual check-ins that they're looking at. And I'm looking at the bigger picture the rest of the time so that they are free to just not stress out and they can just get on with their busy, hectic lives. I love that. It's, it's almost taking accountability from a different perspective as well, isn't it? It's, it's not just necessarily being held accountable to doing the thing. It's actually <laughs> offloading some of the accountability for some of the work that needs to be done. So 
I'm, I guess from a nutrition perspective and, and, you know, I'm not a nutrition coach, but I'm, I'm seeing how different nutrition programs work online and with you guys and stuff like that. I guess a good example for, for you, Vicky, would be having people put what they're eating into my fitness pal and then leaving all of the, I guess the, the calorie setting, you know, the, the breakdown of the macronutrients, what they need to be eating, you know, that that's the thing that can be off. Because I think for a lot of people, if they said, okay, this is my nutrition related goal, the amount of legwork that comes with that is often the thing that probably puts people off. Whereas if all you're told to do is, okay, cool, all I want you to do is put everything you eat into my fitness pile and let me take care of the rest. Actually, that level of accountability and being able to hand over some of the control probably makes that thing infinitely easier like like programming i guess i would probably be a good example for you actually the people that you program for that whole idea of not having to think about what they do you're as, as vicky said you know you're looking at the bigger picture this is their goal to get bigger or to get stronger or to to, to um develop aerobic fitness you knowing that goal and, and having worked through the specificity of certain things if all you need them to do is complete the programming that you give them and tell you what they did and how they felt, you're able to work with that, worry about the details, sweat the small stuff and just allow them to just focus on doing the thing. Yeah, for sure. And that, that works on kind of a micro and a more macro level as well. When you take, when you look at either individual program or actually programming for, for the classes at the gym, because a lot of, I mean, there are there are a huge number of things that appeal to people about training in the way that we do. But certainly one of them is, you know, I would say everybody who comes here will have a goal of some description. And for some people, it will be, as we've said, with with Stu last Friday, it will be more about longevity and just being fitter and healthier than they would be if they weren't here. For other people, it's a it's a body composition goal for other people. It's a, it's a mental health goal because they know that moving keeps them active, but coming, coming to the gym and having somebody else do the kind of the brain's legwork, I guess, the thinking about what needs to be done in order to achieve those goals is massively appealing because you turn up and all you literally, all you have to do is turn up because then almost everything else is kind of done for you the, from from the from the start to the end of the class you, you turn up and you move but you're told what to do you're told how to do it you're um advised on intensity levels you're given options around whether you're looking for it to be more strength based or muscular endurance based or you know this is how you should i mean even down to again the conversation we were having last week if you're not feeling great then are there reasons why you James as you say like that are gonna stop you training the way that you would normally um you know your coaches are there to almost take that out of it for you as well because if you need to scale how you're training then somebody else is going to do that thinking for you so yeah absolutely and and it's something that um I and I and I I feel that personally as well I I have someone programmed for me because I could do it of course I could do it. I do it for other people. But if I do it for myself, there's no accountability. And for me, accountability is absolutely massive when it comes to goal setting. I and I, and But I'm actually somebody that I almost need like a formal 
accountability format um you know saying to to people oh i'm going to think about like i've said to you guys i'm going to have a play around with my body composition well i am but i'm going to do it very specifically and i make myself accountable to somebody because if i don't i'll be sitting here in three weeks time going yeah well the french pastry book got interesting <laughs> and so i decided i was going to do more of that than actually play around with my body composition so um yeah so the accountability piece is is massive for me and I, and I think that's why I I actually really enjoy help helping people with setting smart goals and particularly from a training perspective because I I reap the benefits myself and I understand the kind of psychology that goes along with having smart goals and them and that that kind of accountability piece to to other people yeah cool thanks Al um I think I think it, it highlights as well that the importance of the goal being specific, you know, if you need, if, if you're asking for somebody to help you out or to hold you accountable, I think being as specific as possible with the goal itself and the, the daily intentional actions that you want to take to get there, the more specific they can be, the, the easier it is to hold you accountable. And I think if, you know, if you're, if you're listening now and you've kind of got a goal, but you don't feel like it's specific enough, um, Take come it. To us. <laughs> come and talk to us. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and one of the exercises that I do with a couple of people in work that help them maybe drill down a little bit more specifically um, is taking a leaf out of Tom Jones's book and asking why, why, why. Like if if you've got a if you've got a goal and you're you're kind of feeling like it's not specific enough, or if somebody comes to me and goes, okay, well this is this is what I want to work on. Okay, why? And it kind of forces people to take a little bit of a step back and go, okay, why do I want to work on that? And they'll, they'll share why they want to work on it. Okay, why? And actually, you know, after the second and third time of asking why, you'd be surprised at the amount of goals that maybe don't change but that definitely evolve. And I think it's really easy on the surface to decide, okay, this is a goal that I'm going to have and this is, this is why I want to do it. If you're really put on the spot and if, if you literally took 15, 20 minutes to sit down and think about why one of your goals is one of your goals, answer that question and then ask yourself why to the next question and ask yourself why to that question, all of a sudden you might find that you're in a very different place with the reason for the goal in the first place. Um, so, so being super specific is an interesting process, but one that's, that's super important. I love that. And I think, I think actually that it does two things. I think it helps you determine the real reasons for your, for your goal, which then ultimately makes you evaluate whether it is something that you really want to do or yeah. whether you have that goal because somebody said something last week and it sounded quite cool and you thought you might give it a go. And then actually when you think about it and the impact it's going to have on you or your lifestyle or that actually your whys aren't strong enough. They're not big enough. They don't mean enough for you to invest three months of your life working on something just because somebody else is doing it and it sounded quite cool. Or, I mean, that's, that's being a little bit flippant, I guess, but yeah, the, 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 the three whys are something that I would do well to use more 
Um, and I think, as you said, James, when I've used it with people either at the gym about training goals or whatever, it does make them kind of go away and and evaluate the goal and either change it or be more dialed into it than they were before because they realise just how important it is to them or they've been it off. But it's definitely one that I think helps people be smarter about their goals, for sure. I think the other thing you both touched on there also is is about that balance that, you know, is our life balance. So I've, I've been looking into balance coaching recently and that is, you know, looking at your overall lifestyle and actually, you know, it, if this is a goal I've got, is this something I want to achieve? Is it realistic within the overall balance of my life? Do I have time, like you said, Elle, to, to fit, you know, that much training into my week? How, how does this all, you know, all fit? And, you know, is, is, uh, is my life balanced enough in the right areas? Um, and yeah, all of these things just tie, tie in so well um, to, to make sure, you know, we're putting our priorities in the right order um, and also, you know, helping us to improve other areas of our lives. Um, so yeah, something that can be so small within one area can affect another area area of our life like threefold nice yeah completely agree um so maybe final question for you then vicky been working on a goal gone really well it's, it was super specific had some people hold me account i decided how i wanted to measure it and i decided at what point i would check in to different parts of it stuck on track in terms of it being measurable it was achievable and realistic because i've completed it it was relevant i've done it in the right amount of time what do i do now do i just file it away and that's that and i move on to something else um so there's lots of ways you can do this but i think this is where that first um for me very much that first specific um goal is really important so it's about looking at that short medium and long term so you know where where does you know what whatever you're trying to achieve how does it fit into your long-term goals what what is the overall um yeah long-term aim so you know and i look especially especially from a nutritional point of view um actually that that moving forward is, is so important so um for, for for the long term so you know part of the reason for that is because it's so easy to be like right i've hit my you know um i hit my goal I've, I've, I've achieved it but i don't need to do anything now um and i can think of countless times i've done that in my own life <laughs> um so it's about you know making sure you know we've got a balance plan like a, a maintenance plan really so you know from a nutritional point of view i do a lot of of work with digestive health um and we do we we very much break especially with digestive health we it's very much break broken down and the last um sort of goal of it is about it's called rebalance and it's about yeah just making sure you've got a, a maintenance plan so whether that's you know okay so my goal was to to i don't know hit that deadlift pr or it was to um yeah run 5k am i doing enough after that to to either 
hit a new goal to go further or to maintain that um yeah there's no real like point just achieving one thing to then just go back to square one um and i think you know this is also one of the reasons why goal setting is so important um, because it allows us to yeah min- maintain that goal uh, and it's why it, it yeah allows us to have success um with yeah with our, our all of our goals in life nice cool all right thank you um let's maybe finish with a little bit of accountability for ourselves then <clears throat> who's got <laughs> Who's got a goal that they are working on at the moment that they want to share? Bear with me one moment. I've got a little person coming in. <laughs> uh, James, why don't we start with you? I will. But let's, you can you pose the question, but... Well posed. That's why I posed the question, so that I wouldn't have to go first. Um, okay, so, so one of my goals is a fitness-related goal which is to finish in the top 5% in the CrossFit Open 2022. Um, Okay. Because in 2018, I was top 30%. In 2019, I was top 20%. In 2020, I was top 10%. Um, Well, top 7%. So top 5%. 2022 it gives me a year it gives me this year to if I hit it this year great but if I don't it's still within my realistic time frame it allows me to take a quick measure of where I'm at right now figure out where my strengths and weaknesses are I've got a list of skills that I need to develop and and improve on that I know come up regularly and I know will make me a better more well-rounded athlete um so yeah top five percent in the CrossFit Open 2022 nice um, okay, you've gone fitness, so I'll I'll go. Uh, I've got a few, but I'll I'll go with the one that I started at the beginning with. I'll go for body composition, um, and the reason being is, um, I I know how to eat, I know how to train. Um, I think I have relatively good balance, but possibly when it comes to my nutrition, my balance tips towards the enjoying my life more than necessarily fueling for training specifically so I'm I'm not brilliant at fueling properly pre and post workout um, and various other things and um, I do like sugar I shouldn't like it as much as I do but I enjoy it quite a lot I've struggled a little bit since Christmas to kind of cut it back I was pretty good up to Christmas Um, so my goal and I it's a three-month goal is to reduce my overall body fat by seven percent and that's based on where I'm at now And the reason I'm using body fat as a measure is because I don't care how much I weigh at all, because it's kind of, you know, we all know muscle is heavier than fat. So I don't care what the scales say, um, particularly. Um, But yeah, I, I've talked about doing this for a long time and I've got leaner as the years have gone on, but I'm going to spend three months seeing just what I can do by being really purposeful about my eating and my training and actually having a a really positive focus for, I mean, probably the most of lockdown. I think we're going to be in lockdown for a little while. So yeah, 7% body fat and three months reduction. Vicky, do you have one? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, um, well, I I actually went more broken down. And so 
in at the moment I'm at the, the first stage of my overall goal. So my overall goal is to um, improve my, my digestion, um, specifically assimilation, so absorption of nutrients. Um, and the first um, stage of that, which I'm giving myself a month to do, um, is to remove gluten. So I'm sure I'll talk more about this in another po podcast, um, but I'm going through a very a specific um, five stages, so five months um of of for my overall goal um broken down into five stages so to to give me that sort of medium term nice. and i've obviously got the day-to-day -day. so the first month of that is removal of gluten um and yeah i i'm i have made myself accountable um and i'm working through a very yeah very targeted approach um to do that uh, with the overall goal of yeah actually finding that i can absorb nutrients um which from a, a measurement point of view um, i'm then actually going to go down a testing route okay. a little bit more geeky nice. <clears throat> now that sounds really interesting and, and i don't know if we've got it planned i'm sure in the series of podcasts that we've got planned with you it's probably in there somewhere but maybe maybe if people are interested in it in you know in the next couple of weeks we can do a bit of a work through of you know, understanding intolerances, what intolerances even mean, and actually the process that you go through to realistically and sensibly maybe remove them from a diet and, and how you check in on the effects that they've had. Um, but yeah, that has been fun. I've enjoyed the conversation this morning. I hope you guys have too. Um, Vicky, as always, thank you so much for, for sharing. It's been super insightful, really, really helpful. Um, Ellie, thank you for everything you've shared this morning as well. We will see you guys again later this week where we'll be recording with another one of our coaches. Um, as always, if there's anything you want to see, hear, have us talk about, touch on, you know, if there's anything specific that you want to hear from a specific coach, a specific topic, let us know. Vicky, thanks for joining this morning. Ellie, thank you for joining. And team, we will Pleasure. see you again soon. Have a lovely day.